This is Professional Life Crisis. I'm your host, Amanda. And by now, I'm a damn near professional at having a life crisis. Coming from the girl who bought a corporate-sized whiteboard, like legitimately the size they have on the wall in your office, to map out all her future career options, I know what an emotional roller coaster your early career can be. And I don't even like roller coasters. This podcast is here to help you get through those messy, uncertain times riddled with ramen noodles and self-doubt. If you're an ambitious, curious young professional trying to pave your way in the world, it's not as scary as I once thought it was but I really wish I'd had someone to tell me that. Hey all, welcome back to another episode of Professional Life Crisis. Today, we're going to talk all about making the leap from corporate to startup and developing the right mindset to thrive as a startup operator. By the end of this episode, I'll have answered the question, If I were to make the leap from corporate to startup again, what is the most important mindset shift that I would focus on? At the beginning of my role as chief of staff and de facto marketing lead, I felt a bit lost. I developed a really good way of working with my old manager and clients in consulting And working directly for a founder, especially one at an eight-person company, required me to go through a totally radical mindset overhaul. So if you're newly transitioning from working in a corporate job to becoming a startup operator, I hope this episode helps you land a bit softer on your feet than I did and avoid the crash landing like I had. I've talked briefly about this before in my episode called 10 Things I Learned Working for a Startup. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, highly recommend it as it includes a lot of the topics that I think are the most important, and I'll be diving into each one in a separate episode. My first learning from Startup Land is the learning curve is approximately 10 times what it is in corporate or consulting, which is where I came from. Even for someone who works in a quote-unquote fast-paced environment, I would argue that consulting shouldn't even be labeled as a fast-paced environment because decisions and projects aren't decided and completed in as short of a window as they are in startups. Don't get me wrong. I was busy and I was stressed out, but still, fast-paced doesn't quite feel like the right description for consulting. More like a demanding environment, maybe. But since you are now thinking about moving into a startup, or maybe you already are at one, and you're working in a truly fast-paced environment where you're learning new things all the time, and honestly, you're expected to deliver in a matter of hours rather than days, that means that everything will feel hard all the time until you crack it. And when you do finally crack it, it'll be time to move on to the next challenge. Except it's not always that clean of a transition. Oftentimes, those challenges or projects will overlap. And I think one of the most frustrating things about that is that you won't really have time to reflect on what you accomplished or take the things that you learned and file them into the logical place in your brain before moving on to the next project or the next fire or emergency. And that can feel very overwhelming and like you're constantly behind. All of that is to say that it doesn't mean that you're doing a bad job or that you're not catching on fast enough. Think of it as you're attempting to use the old strategies that you learned when you were playing soccer to try to now compete at golf. It's a completely new sport. 
And bringing your old strategies to a completely new sport will always feel like you're trying to shove a square peg into a round hole. So you need to craft the strategy for the new sport you're actually playing. Corporate was the old sport and startup is the new sport. So if I were making the leap from corporate to startup world again, here is the single most important mindset shift I would focus on. Drumroll, please. That is experimentation. One of the first things that's critical to learn when you first join a startup is how to think with an experimentation mindset. Large companies, even ones sold as fast-paced and innovative and competitive, have an element of security and predictability and honestly some cushioning around their experiments or their innovative projects. Likely, even if you work for the ventures part of the business, which is what they called it in consulting, you won't be operating in nearly as scrappy of an environment or with as tight of a budget or with as limited of a timeline to figure it all out. Most of my experience in consulting was working for large clients on a project where there was already a playbook, basically a set of rules, expectations about how the project is going to be done. And your job is mostly to follow the directions from your manager and your project lead and execute on things well and make the client happy. You know, how many different ways can you really run a technology project where you're helping the client shift over from their ancient ERP to some Salesforce cloud platform? There's sort of already a set rulebook for how you're going to go about doing a project of that sort. So while being able to execute well on the already established playbook and provide great client service is definitely one set of skills that is valuable, being a startup operator requires a totally different skill. So when we're thinking about running experiments at startups and thinking with that experimentation mindset, here's what to keep in mind. We're no longer talking about huge campaigns planned a year in advance, or even features that the product team knows are going to go into the product six months ahead of time. What you're aiming for is a series of short experiments done with the MVP of your idea, the minimum viable product. So if you're thinking about a huge campaign that requires lots of collaboration, lots of different people involved, lots of different channels, think about what the smallest version of that idea would be and scale it down to the most basic version that still can provide some meaningful insights back to the business. That should be your starting point. And you can always scale up from there. If you see that it works, there's always room to grow. So the first step in the experimentation process is you're going to create a research plan, like the fifth grade science fair with the little trifold board and whatever your props were for your project. In your research plan, you'll need a list of the questions that you want answered by the experiment, what your hypothesis is about what's going to happen, And what will the business impact be if your predicted results are actually achieved? Okay, next tip. Sometimes you need to do things that aren't scalable. Just get early signals about what might work and what won't. Not every project needs to be sustainable for the current team to continue to run in the long run. I remember proposing an idea to our founders. I think it was about some newsletter that I thought would greatly support our product and really catch the attention of our target audience. But I was nervous because I thought it was a great idea that would likely work. And that part is great, but then I would have to continue running it each week. 
And when I said that, our founder didn't seem nearly as phased by this as me. I mean, part of the reason is maybe because he wasn't going to have to be the one running it. But he said something to the effect of, if this experiment works out and we have proof that this is something that's worth investing in, then we'll turn it over to a contractor or we'll bring in an agency to help run it after we've proven that the idea works. You're not going to have to run with this newsletter yourself every single week. And my brain was like, oh, yeah, right. Not everything we do needs to be something I personally can continue to maintain and run for the rest of my time here. Got it. So if you have a great idea for an experiment and you run it and it works out and then you're panicking because you know that they're going to ask you to keep running it week after week, don't panic so much. Remember, your job as the operator is to be the brain of the organization and run the experiments to find out what works and eliminate what doesn't. Once you hand off certain successful projects to the right people, you'll continue experimenting with something new and find new ways to grow and make an impact for the business. And if you're like me and you struggled to actually have the time to run as many experiments as you would like to, I recommend starting by talking with your founder about offloading some of the successful projects that you're already working on, either to other people on the team or contractors or bring on an agency. If they can't afford to bring someone on full-time, those are good alternatives to just make sure that it's covered. And see where that gets you. Even if you can't offload that project right away, it at least puts it on the founder's radar and hopefully means that you can work on a plan to transition it to someone else. There's not always instant gratification with these whole, hey, I'm swamped and I need help conversations. But listen, no one's going to know that you're struggling unless you advocate for yourself and let your manager or your founder know that. So if you are struggling with balancing too many projects at once, we'll talk about some more strategies for prioritizing and managing those with your founder in another episode. But that is all for today. So I wanted to let you know that moving forward in between our amazing episodes with guests... In between our episodes with our amazing guests, I'll be continuing to talk all about shifting from corporate to startups and developing the right mindset to succeed as an operator at early stage startups. Come along for the ride if you're looking for a friend and mentor to help you through your strategic operations challenges. And if you have any questions about the experimentation mindset that I shared today, reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can find me at Amanda Branson and shoot me a connection request and I'll be happy to chat. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Professional Life Crisis. If you enjoyed it, as always, I would greatly appreciate if you would leave it a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. It really helps me out. And have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.